This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down. This one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it! Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! Yankees win! (laughs) Some weekend, man. Some weekend. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. This, This Knicks team just. I mean, I know a lot of things. I know there's a, there's a bunch of things I can say, and we're going to get to that. So I do know what it is, but it's just frustrating to have to sit here. You know, when we thought, at least I thought, that this team was going to be better in the areas they lacked last season. And on top of that, you know, I expected a little bit of regression defensively. And they're coming around lately. But for the most part, it's the offense that I keep thinking about. And some of it's just puzzling. Some of it you look at and you're like, well, you know what? That's not that shocking after all. And just the overall vibe around this this team right now, the fan base, the media, it's not great. It's not great. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you're listening to another episode of BD4. This will be episode 285 of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Guys, if you haven't followed me yet on social media, you can do so. I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone. I'm also on Instagram, at Rob J Carbone. That's the handle. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast on the platforms that we're on, be sure to do so right now. We're on all, you know, your podcast platforms. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can even watch us on YouTube. So many other platforms. Be sure to subscribe, like, download, share, rate, review, all that stuff. Um, and thank you to, uh, you know, the zero or one of you who have tuned in. And it's usually a family member who tunes in for a couple of seconds and then tells me, hey, great show. Like, yeah, okay. (laughs) But you know what? I do it because I enjoy it. That's why I'm back. It's a hobby and I'm just trying to keep myself motivated, distract myself with things that are going on. So, um, anywho, yeah, it's tough. It was a tough weekend for the Knicks fan. And even like, it's... I don't want to say it, but like, it kind of makes sense to say. Even the win against the Rockets on Saturday somehow felt worse than tonight's loss against the Chicago Bulls. Shout out to my buddy Mike, who got the win tonight. It's even, Mike. It's one and one. I don't know if they meet again, but it's good to see the Knicks and Bulls reignite that rivalry with with some young upcoming uh, teams here, but... We're going to get into it. We're going to get into all that tonight. Um, we got a lot of stuff to dive into. Hopefully this episode doesn't go too long. It might go you know, closer to the, the full hour. 
um, as opposed to going the half hour like we usually have been um, in the last several episodes. But I just have so much to say. I have so much to say. I have a lot of stuff to add, and it's not all good. It's not all good. There are some good things. There are some positives we can take away from from this whole thing. But right now, the Knicks are not playing great. They're not playing that good. Even their wins this season, a lot of them have been very average wins. But um, tonight, we're discussing these back-to-back performances. Um, these back-to-back. The, the, tonight we're discussing the back-to-back this weekend. That's what I wanted to say. Um, some some average to below average performances from the Knicks. Um, and, uh, yeah. So let's head to our first break. When we get back, we'll start this thing up. <laughs> hey, guys. So real briefly, before we get deeper into the episode, I realized that on YouTube, only 51% of you who watch BD4 are subscribed. So we should try and change that to make my channel grow, to get the podcast even bigger. So be sure to subscribe to BD4 on YouTube if you haven't yet. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is R.J. Carbone. Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Also, I have to catch up on, whoops, I have to catch up on Yellowstone because I missed, I watched, I chose to watch the Knicks tonight over Yellowstone. Um, Might have been a bad decision, but yeah, it's been good. I've I've liked season four so far. Um, You know, I was going to talk about the show, but I don't want to ruin anything, you know, any spoilers for those of you who listen to and watch this podcast and haven't watched Yellowstone yet, but again, nobody tunes into this anyway, so I guess I might as well just share. I, I've liked this, the fourth season so far. What are we uh, now, three episodes in? And I, I think it's been pretty good. Um, I don't I don't really go online and look at what other people have to say and the reviews and the ratings, because I always hate that. I feel like people just... Like, when you go into a show or a movie and you have other people's opinions on your mind, especially if the ratings for a certain movie or show are really controversial or bad or everything, everybody says it's good or whatever, that can kind of like, what's the, what's the term? It can like sway your opinion, right? So I try not to do that. Um, and here I am telling you my opinion on it, but I like, I've liked it a lot. Um, I've thought, yeah, the first episode was good. The first 15 minutes of the first episode this season was absolutely insane. Um, just off the walls. Obviously, if you've seen the finale of the third season, you know why. Um, but yeah. And we still have to figure out this season, spoiler alert, who was the one who ordered the attack on on the Duttons. You know, is it Jamie? Was it Jamie? A lot of people think it's Jamie. Was it... You know, the, the, the 
dude Sawyer from Lost who was killed in episode one. I forget, I forget his name. Roark. Um, and then, you know, Jamie's dad had a part. I don't know. I don't know. We have to figure it out. But um, it's been good, and I have to catch up on that episode. Maybe I'll do so when I'm done recording uh, this episode 285, which should be out by Monday, November 22nd. As I'm recording, it's overnight on Sunday, the 21st. Technically, it's past midnight, so it's actually Monday. But um, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's not let's not waste any further time. And um, yeah, this this sucked. The first game. Um, I just want to run through it. I don't want to go too deep into the Rockets game because, again, it was a boring, dull performance from the Knicks. Um, well, it was thrilling. You know, it was a close game at the end, but in terms of what it was supposed to be, it was frustrating to be excited after that one. Um, and the Knicks went into it playing down to their opponent again. They've seemed to develop this bad habit, which I was concerned about heading into the season. Now that they have some standards to live up to that, they play down to their competition and they did it again here and they got away with it. Uh, unfortunately slash fortunately. Um, but man, was it ugly to start? It looked really bad to start. Uh, they, they, they mustered just a putrid 13 points in the first quarter. Against Houston at the Garden. This was on the Garden floor too. So the home struggles continued. Um, Houston was throwing up bricks. They had 8 turnovers. They lead the league in turnovers. 18.8 per game. Entering that one. They had 8 in the first quarter. Houston did. Uh, Randall led the Knicks with 5 points on 2 of 7. After 1. So it was just ugly. Houston had us 24 or 21 to 13. After the first quarter. So just a lot of ugly play. Um, at one point, the Knicks were down by 10 points in the first half. And eventually, they turned it into a tight game in the third quarter, entered the first, uh, the fourth quarter, and guys like uh, Alec Burks, even Emmanuel Quickly, come through with big-time performances in the final frame. Burks goes overall 20 points, 5 assists, 5 steals, 5 rebounds, 6 of 7 3-point gunning. In the fourth quarter, he has 17 of those 20 points, 3 of those 5 assists, 4 of those 5 seals, 4 rebounds of the 5. That's all in the 4th quarter alone. So he went off, um, hitting shots off the dribble, spotting up and catching and shooting, diming in traffic, etc. Uh, and, and you can't forget Brooks's defense in that game. It was absolutely spectacular. I mean, he was fighting over two screens at a time. You know, two screens in one play out there multiple times. Um, everybody, it was a very physical game. Everybody was getting beat up. Noel got beat up. But Burks, his excellent two-way play, continued to be their fourth quarter big shot bucket maker. Right? That's who he's been. Last year, he was their guy in the fourth. He continued that again last uh, or on Saturday. Was it? Yeah. So... Big performance from him. Emmanuel quickly goes for 13 points. 10 of his 13 in the fourth quarter. He was very elusive out there off the dribble. Um, didn't need much space to operate. Did a nice job getting his shots to fall. Evan Fournier even snapped out of his little uh, struggles for, for a game at least. Because we'll talk about tonight. Uh, he goes for 19 points. 7 for 12. And it was good to see the 5 for 9 three-point sniping. Some momentum-shifting baskets. A couple of air balls in there. You know. um, but he had the nice two-man game working well with Julius. 
Um, and overall, it was just a solid confident boost, confidence booster, you were hoping, uh, before tonight. Who else? Derrick Rose continues to struggle Saturday, Sunday. Uh, the ball moved better against Houston. It actually moved a, a lot better. Um, the shots just continued to brick, right? The Knicks only made 33 shots. But of those 33 makes, 25, <clears throat> excuse me, 25 of them were assisted. Uh, Randall had nine of those assists, so the ball was swinging swinging around a lot better. Um, the only issue, we got killed on the glass again. We just got murdered on the glass, the offensive glass in particular. Uh, it was thirteen to four Houston. Uh, Christian Wood goes for eighteen and twelve. Uh, who was it? Tate ten rebounds. Um, and we'll get to the interior presence in a bit. But yeah, overall, this was a you know kind of a crappy win. Um, don't care that they won; it did nothing for my confidence. But I care that it added a win in the standings. Right? A win is a win in the very end. Um, actually, lowered my confidence if anything, to be honest with you. But that was that was the Rockets game again. Not worth getting into too much. Um, and if you're watching the podcast, yeah, on the screen you could see leader in points, Burks with twenty. Rebounds, Randall 10. Randall also led in assists with 9. Burks, 5 steals. Noel with the 3 blocks to lead the team. So that was the first win of the back-to-back. The second game of the back-to-back, I should say, was a loss. So that split the back-to-back. Um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was a great game against Houston. Um, Houston's a team who was 1-14. They're now 1-15 after that loss. Um, no wins on the road. They were on a 13-game losing streak, so you're thinking this should have been an easy win if the Knicks were last year's Knicks, right? But it wasn't. It was a grind, um, and it seems to be even the wins we get nowadays are grinds. Uh, so we're going to have to find a way out of this funk. Hopefully we do. Um, but, yeah, that Houston Rockets win was not something I was happy about. I was not proud about anything that game, so... I just want to put that behind me. We're going to get to the game tonight, the loss against the Chicago Bulls, which somehow, you know, I still didn't enjoy this game, uh, but it was somehow to a degree better than the Houston game, <laughs> uh, but still a pretty a pretty underwhelming performance from the Bockers. So we'll get to that. Let's head to break again. When we get back, we'll talk. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Yeah... Tonight's tonight's game against the Bulls, uh, it was tough. I did not expect to win this game. 
Uh, but I did expect to compete because, like I said, we always seem to show up and play up or down to our opponents. And we did again in this one. Uh, we played up to them and uh, unfortunately didn't come away with the win. But I take the 103-109 loss in Chicago. First quarter slash the first half. Again, we get off to a slow start. And again, it's the starters. Um, a lot of turnovers. There was an 11-point deficit. First half was just kind of bleh. Defense picked it up. Uh, third quarter, we had some great efforts from Kemba Walker and Julius Randle. Walker was going. All seven of his points came in the third quarter. <laughs> seven. Um, but he initiates the first three possessions. You know, he drove in the paint, hit a mid-range jumper, drives in the paint, hits up Noel on that lob. Then he drives in the paint and finishes. Um, so he has a good start to the quarter. Randall, obviously he had the big night, 34 total points. He goes for 13 points in the third quarter. He gets it going. But, you know, fourth quarter comes. The Bulls start three-point sniping. Breaking out of his slump was Kobe White upon return from injury a couple of games ago. He starts it in a number of three-pointers. The Knicks, a lot of unnecessary doubles thrown onto White and Lonzo Ball in this game. So we just got lost in a bunch of rotations. Didn't like that about the defense. Um, and the Bulls just kept adding on while the Knicks, as good as Randall was going, we reverted to late game, you know, late in the shot clock, Randall isolations on the wing and on the elbows again. Just bad possessions. You know, a lot of the time we were just going to him one-on-one. He'd kill the shot clock and he'd pass it off to somebody else to chuck it up last second. So no way am I blaming Randall for tonight's loss. He was the best Nick to show up. But late in the game, once again, we see that we have no closer. We don't have a playbook. And we'll talk on that. It was just very frustrating. And we have to keep we we saw that so much last season too, right? Where we just have to keep going to Randall. And we we just we just it's like we just sputter. We don't have a plan. There's no game plan, there's no playbook, we don't run any offensive sets, and we just go late game Randall ISO. There was no ball movement tonight as a whole. There was just sixteen assists on thirty five field goals made. That's forty six percent assist rate, as opposed to the seventy six percent against Houston. Um but the, yeah. It's, I guess the one positive offensively tonight, you know, in another ugly offensive performance, the only positive you could say is, is we at least got to the hole. Um, but I don't even know if that's that much of a, of a positive indicator because the Bulls just lacked size tonight. Vucevic was out, so we put a ton of pressure at the rim. Uh, also had 31 free throw attempts, but, you know, so did they. They were getting to, to the hole as well. Um, late game especially, because we had to match up with that small ball lineup of our own. You know, Plus, Noel was in foul trouble, so we got killed in the paint at the end. Easy drives, open lanes. You know, Levine in transition, DeRozan. So, even you know, the positives were neutralized. Um, and so that was the game. That was the loss against the Bulls, 109 for them, 103 for us. Uh, but it was just all Randall. It was all Randall, nobody else, unfortunately. He's got 34 points tonight. He had 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and he did this on very efficient field goal shooting 
13 for 19. He hit his free throws 7 out of the 8. Um, he did have 5 turnovers. Again, some poor possessions in the 4th quarter, but overall, he did well playing most of this game at the 5, and um, nobody else helped him out, especially in the starting unit. R.J. Barrett, a pathetic 9 points on 2 for 12 shooting, 5 for 8 free throws. I guess at least he defended Levine pretty well. You know, Levine did score 21, but he went 7 for 21. Um, and RJ also rebounded 15. But, I mean, his shooting slump continues, right? It, it, it's the same shit from RJ Barrett. Um, and you're starting to worry about it. You're starting to get concerned. And my concern on RJ has always been the same thing. It's it's He doesn't have much of a bag. What does he bring to the table? What's RJ Barrett's go-to move, right? Because right now... R.J. Barrett's, go, you know, looking back at his career so far, his go-to has been bully ball. It's been going to his left and blowing his way to the rim, finishing left. But they're kind of starting to see that. And defenses are taking away his left now. And his right's never been his strongest. Um, he had the three-point catch-and-shoot thing working for him last year. This year, it's not falling again. So he's kind of back to not being that great of a shooter. You can't trust that jump shot on a nightly basis. And as a guard, as a wing, whatever you want to label him, I always like to think, well, are you athletic? If you're not, okay, well, you can make up with it by being able to shoot. No? Okay, well, can you make up with it by having good handles? Finishing at the rim. He doesn't do any of those things particularly great. And, the, the you know, he does a lot of things well, but that's just too inconsistent. There's nothing that R.J. Barrett does that is so spectacular that stands out for me to label him as a future star player like so many Knicks fans do. I was on that boat once, but I'm starting to see the he's consistently inconsistent because of this lack of versatility in his offensive game. And yes, the defense does show some promise too, but in terms of me labeling him and jumping ahead and getting so excited about his future, um, I don't know. As a number three pick, I don't. I, I think we should still temper our expectations. I, I don't know if he's going to be that special. As, as, as A lot of Knicks fans are really high on this kid. Um, and some of it is scheme. Some of it's the system he's in, the pieces he's surrounded with. But all in all, if you're that good of a player, you can make it work. And R.J. Barrett right now, to me, just seems like a guy who might have a career similar to one Harrison Barnes. Somebody who's just going to consistently give you 18 points per game over the course of his career and be a, neat, a nice, decent, two-way role player. I, I'm sorry. I don't see him as... I definitely don't see him ever being a superstar. I don't know if he's going to be a perennial all-star anymore. I was, for the most part, I was on that boat last year. So we'll have to see if he can kind of get my confidence up on him again. But right now, I'm not too happy. I'm not too content. Because R.J. Barrett's got to start figuring it out, right? It's normal to struggle shooting for a couple of games here and there. But this has gone on for a long time. You know, he's been struggling bad. He was 2 for 12 tonight, and you can go back in his game log. He's not hitting anything. The free throws aren't falling, 5 for 8 tonight. It's ugly. It's very ugly. So you just hope that he can find it soon. And he's not this bad, but again, it's just that he's consistently having these ups and downs still, and we're in year 3. I get he's young, but I don't like to baby everybody. All right. Um, Evan Fournier was bad tonight. Three points, one for seven shooting, 0 for three from downtown, one for two with the free throw line in 18 minutes. We'll talk about him in a second. Kemba, 
the good third quarter, nothing outside that, just 18 minutes. The Knicks starters as a unit outside of Julius Randle, 28% from the field, 26% was from three-point land. Um, And then you go to the Bulls, Chicago's got 31 from DeRozan, 21 from Levine, Kobe White, 14 points off the bench. So it was pretty ugly, man. It was pretty ugly. Um, Better, yeah. Competitive, yeah. But still ugly in the end. The offense just can't figure it out. And I want to talk about the offense as soon as we get back from break. Be right back. Hey, guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC799 a month. All right. So let me find it here. Nope, wrong one. Sorry. Okay, we're good. I, yeah, I, I just, listen, nothing about tonight was, was great. Um, you know, and the problem continues to be this starting lineup, which is in desperate need of a shakeup. Um, I don't know what Tom Thibodeau is waiting for. I'm getting really pissed off. Um, that scared the shit out of me. Fuck. I, I put a mini refrigerator in my room and it makes noise. <laughs> Occasionally, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm getting really annoyed with. T- Listen, I love Tibbs. Okay, love him. Great, great coach. Great things. Um, changing the culture, all that fun stuff. But I'm frustrated. You know, again with these rotations, just a robotic rotation. The lineups don't change much, and the problem with it, what scares me is that I don't think it will change. Thinking about, you know, this is Tom Thibodeau. He's always been stubborn. And you look at last season, our biggest issue last season, which is still one of the issues, crazy enough, this year, the point guard position, right? Alfred Payton sucked for as long as he did. But uh, Tom Thibodeau did not make that adjustment. It took him until game one of the playoffs versus Atlanta to make the adjustment and put Derrick Rose in there at starting point. So... I just hope it doesn't go on that long again. I hope this time he realizes, huh, maybe I should shake it up a bit. Maybe I should make one or two tweaks, right? So, yes, I I do think he should change it. I do think we should do something. Um, Try it, right? Try it. That's my thing. Um, My biggest problem with the starting lineup, specifically, you can't have two ball-centric players continuously starting out these first quarters and these third quarters for as long as they do. Right now, tonight, we did not have a third quarter of Doom, 
right? Fortunately, Kemba was good. Randall was good. But those are the two guys who I'm mentioning as ball-centric. Randall and Kemba, I think we need to split them up a little bit more and stagger them. I mean, I, you can do... I've heard Emmanuel quickly over Kemba in the starting lineup. I don't know if we're ready for that. I don't know if quickly is ready for that role. Um, but he has been getting more minutes played um, these last several games than Kemba. You know, maybe Kemba can go to the bench, um, give you 20 to 25 minutes, spotty minutes. Someone who comes in, microwave scores for you, scores six, seven points in a row. You know, hits some mid-range three-point jumpers. Try to hide him defensively. If he starts hurting you defensively, you, defensively, you pull him, right? A plug-in player. But I get it. The politics say this is one of your bigger acquisitions, despite the, the pay being only $8 million. Probably not going to happen. Um, is it going to be Burks over someone like Evan Fournier, who's been flopping hard? This guy's getting paid big time. I know, you know what was it? I got to look at the actual contract, but it was a 3 and one deal. Um, still, a lot of money in it. And again, the politics say that you know, because of that, Fournier's probably going to still start. Um, you know, you can also say, do you want to mess with that? Do you want to make a change in the starting lineup and potentially have now two units trying to make adjustments and find chemistry? Do you risk it? You know, and does Burks over Fournier really change that much as these are two, you know, it's more of a lateral move. These are two shooters who play similarly. Um, and if Fournier's issue right now was just simply missing shots, I would say, yeah, continue to ride the wave. But I don't think it's just... I, I think sometimes... Sometimes change is needed just for the sake of change, but Fournier's not really on the ball as much right now. Like I said, you have Kemba and Julius trying to both ball handle and, and be that guy playing point. So Fournier, with Orlando, with Boston, he did a lot of on-ball he had a lot of roles where he was on the ball. And he's not on the ball as much. I should probably look up the stats. But I, I think in order to get him playmaking more and to get him more just going, I, I think you try playing him more with the second unit. But we need to do some kind of shakeup with this starting unit. The starting unit. Because it's not working. It's obviously not working. And tonight, once again... The first six or seven minutes, we we were in, we have four friggin' points. We had thirteen against the Rockets in the first quarter. These third quarter dooms keep coming up. I know tonight we didn't have them, but it, it's you go back and look at the entire season so far. So many times we're getting off to slow starts in each of these halves. Every game, most games, we need to make an adjustment with the starting lineup. It's it's I know the bench is the bench for a reason, but I'm not saying you know an entire overhaul here. Just one move. In the backcourt, needs to happen, um, and it's unfortunate, right? Because, because listen, Randall is—he's here. Um, but the problem with Julius Randall is that it's very similar to with Carmelo to what uh, Carmelo Anthony's problem was. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Damn. Uh, which Melo's problem. Hold on one sec. Was like Randall, he can't be just a piece of the system. 
right? And I think that was the initial idea here when the Knicks made all these moves this past offseason. Getting Kemba, getting Fournier, bringing back Burks, letting go of Bullock, was, was to, to get Julius to be more of a piece to the system, to get him some more help. But I think his problem is, he, in order for him to thrive, he kind of has to be the system, much like Melo was, right? Melo didn't buy into the triangle and all that. He had to be the guy. And that's kind of what we're kind of, that, that's what we're struggling to, to adjust to right now. We're trying to figure out how can we make this work to be more of a collective team. But I don't know if that's going to be the thing. I, I think we still have to have, we might, you know, we might have to, you know, as much as I don't like to see it a lot of times, Randall might have to keep taking the ball up court, right? Um, but what what was different about him doing all that last year as opposed to his first year with the Knicks is last year that he made much quicker decisions taking the ball up court, right? It worked. Um, so I think we get him doing that, and it just, maybe we just have to let him be be Randall and, you know, Maybe make some decisive cuts without the ball. That'd be nice. Screening him more, rolling him more to the rim. And but, but what's not working right now is, um, and I'm, I'm excluding tonight because tonight he was great, and even even against the Rockets he was better. Um, we have to continue to to get him to attack more, right? Attack more. He had six paint shots against Houston. That was good tonight. He was in there in the paint a lot. He got to the free throw line a lot. You know, and when we're in half court sets. Get him set up in the pinch post, right? Get him on the block, on the elbow, and have him operate from those areas like he did a lot last year. Because so much of his game is predicated in his ability to overpower the opposition when he's not shooting the jumper, right? On his way to the bucket, he's so he's he's such a he's got such a strong frame. He's a big body dude, but often this year he's continuously bailing out defenses. With every jumper he launches from 15 plus feet away. You know, he took 11 shots against the Magic on Wednesday. 10 of them were three-point shots. Sure, he hit four of them, but the Knicks don't play or they don't pay this guy to just float behind the line and jack up three-point jumpers all game. Right? He took two free throws against Orlando on Wednesday. One paint shot to get to the line. I mean, a team that gives up the six most free throw attempts a game, we got to start getting to the line a little bit more. Um, tonight was a good sign. But again, was it just more due to their lack of size? But, you know, I'm looking at the stats. Randall's average shot distance this year is 15 feet, which I think is three more feet than last year's. Um, it's, it's just, you know, maybe we have to just let him do his thing and, and keep running it up the court, but just... M- Mix it, mix in the uh, the 15 feet within more. Start doing that a lot more like you did tonight, right? I, you know, maybe the pace is going to disappear a bit. The movement goes away. Um, you know, I know the turnovers and the bad shots we're just going to have to live with. You know, don't get me wrong. There are nights where it works a lot. Um, I, I just, I, I don't... I don't know, man. Uh, maybe we just, yeah, like I said, it's it's the shot selection with Randall. Just take, mix it, mix it up more. I can live with you running the show and taking the ball up court, and I'll live with the turnovers sometimes. If you stop 
just jacking up threes, jacking up jumpers. If you're more like you were tonight, where you were doing a little bit of everything, and you had some some distributing in there, you weren't totally out of control on those double teams. It'll work. And that's what happened last year, right? The difference right now is those those double sh- those double teams most of this season he's turning him to those you know those those jump passes or he's taking those shots that he made last year and they were just not falling it's a tightrope he walks a very thin line but i think it's just going to come down to him being smarter with his shot selection and we're kind of just going to have to live with him being this point forward cuz we still don't have that point guard who really knows how to dribble drive and set everybody else up to be honest with you. Uh, but it's tough watching him sometimes. And the body language on the other end isn't always great, right? It can be downright awful at times. Shit. I mean, he, he'll he sulk. He'll put, he'll put his head down, turn the ball over, and he gets dejected. And, you know, he's not running back on the other end. His awareness isn't great sometimes. His on-ball defense down low can be good. But he, he's a poor help defender. He's just not always engaged. Right? They'll blow by him. Um, he'll skip rotations. I, you know, he'll just bail himself out by going to the closest player next to him. or yeah, As opposed to the guy who can he can actually uniquely cover. It, it's He drops back a lot in pick and roll. So there are some problems I've got with Randall this year, man. I, I don't think he's been very good at all. Hopefully tonight was a step in the right direction, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. I definitely, again, I'll live with him taking an up court, even if that's going to slow our offense. I still think we could try to play a little faster, you know, which which all that comes down to is, like I said, Thibodeau giving the younger guys the minutes. The, the lineups, like when we've got D-Rose, IQ, RJ, Obi, and Mitch, we need to see that more. We need to see that more. Because when they're out there, we're running the floor a lot. We're playing a lot of transition basketball. It's a faster pace. It's more exciting. You know? So we need to do that more. We want to play faster. Well, the personnel we do have for it, we need to play more. <laughs> so it's that with Thibodeau. It's it's the playbook, like I mentioned. We need to run a lot more offensive sets. Too many basic plays in there. You know, dribble handoff at the key or a Randall elbow isolation. Like I said, I mean, um, some numbers here I've got on in my notes. Uh, we're ninth entering tonight. We were ninth in ISO frequency yet. We're only 18th in points per possession in that type of play. 20th in pick and roll roll man frequency. Uh, now I did like what I saw tonight. Uh, if you watched tonight's game, there was the, Randall and Kemba. We saw some pick and roll between Randall and Kemba. Some chemistry there. Two games in a row, really. We saw some in Houston against Houston. Uh, but, you know, Kemba getting some double screens in a horn set. Him and Randall working up, setting Randall up for some easy shots. Need to do this more, too. Kemba had four assists tonight to, tur- to no turnovers. This was only in 18 minutes, so he facilitated, distributed a bit more. And Randall got more efficient shots. When he cuts more, like I said, when he's that screen and roller, it works. We need to do that more with him. 
Use him more as a screener. I've been saying that forever. Tonight we saw that. It was very rare. Had a layup and a dunk out of the roll. And, yeah, we've got four other playmakers on the floor. So it's, you know, we don't always need to revert to that isolate. Mix it up. Uh, and run more in transition. We're only 19th in transition. Um, we're also just 15th in field goal percentage. Less than five feet. And with all the big bodies we have, you figure that could be a little bit better. Get to the line like we did tonight more often. Sometimes we fall in love with the three a little too much, like I said. Getting inside, getting to the line more might be difficult because we don't have much spacing at the five. And that might be a big issue down the line too. Um, the Hawks exposed us there. As much as I love... Like, listen, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel, Taj Gibson, zero of them, zero of them really space the floor. Right. Zero of them give any kind of resemblance of offensive production. I mean, let's be real. I think it'd be nice, and I don't I hate to talk trade deadline so soon. You know, and Mitch has been in a lot of rumors. I'm kind of like... With the injuries, every single game he's got something going on. He's, now he's got a concussion, which isn't his fault, but it's always something. You're concerned. And I'm just kind of getting tired of, 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 of as good as... Listen, they are all great defensively. I get that. Right? It's, they've become the identity of the team defensively. But man, we do need some guys. Imagine if we had a stretch five. <clears throat> Carl Anthony Towns. <clears throat> I'm just saying, imagine if we had some kind of stretch at that position so the paint game won't be too clogged all the time. When our threes aren't falling, we're kind of screwed because we don't have much of an inside game because it's always clogged. So I guess that's why a lot of us fans want to see that small ball lineup with Obi and Randall. Right? But I mean, it's sometimes it's rough watching, you know, we just, I love Mitch, but I'm tired of these six points six rebounds, one or two blocks type of games from him. We need more production offensively. And it would be nice to get it at the center position. I feel like that's something we don't talk about a lot. We criticize the wings. We criticize the guards. Criticize Randall. But what about the five position? As great as they are defensively, they don't give us anything. It's like, it's it's a free position for the other team to just, they get, you know, they get production out of their fives. We get nothing. It's zero. Like, we... I mean, these are literal five-point players, all three of them. They don't give you much. Sometimes Taj Gibson won't even attempt a shot. As great as he is defensively, it's rough. Now, I was hoping that by this point, Mitch would be a 10-points kind of guy. Hasn't been that. Noel can't even catch a ball. There's just no offense from that spot, so it would be nice to get a stretch five. Think about that, even if it's like a, you know, a lesser player. I don't know what's out there. I don't know what you can get with Mitch because he's on the he's on the he's getting he's going to be a free agent. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But it's something that we don't bring up enough is is the lack of offensive production at the five position. And speaking of down low, we do need to do a better job grabbing rebounds. 
I mean, the second chance points continue to kill us. It's the reason for so many of these blown leads that we had earlier in the year. Um, We're 14th in offensive rebounds, 18th in defensive, making us 16th overall total rebounds. Lately, again, our defense is tightening up on the perimeter. The closeouts have been tighter. The rotations look okay. We we switch a lot. We we get lost on them at times, but better lately. Um, we're helping and switching on the perimeter a little more crisper. A little more crisper, or is it a little more crisp? But if you watch closely down low at the rim, these 50-50 balls, how we just hang back and wait for it to land in our hands every time the opposing team jumps for it. They go up and grab it. We're laying back. We're not boxing out. It's it's That's just an effort thing, too. That's nothing to do with talent. It's an effort thing. I mean, for shit's sake, what was it, the first game we played or the second game against Orlando? Cole Anthony's grabbing 16 rebounds. 16 goddamn rebounds for a point guard. Embarrassing shit. So we really need to do a better job on the glass, too. Uh, but all in all, guys, if Tibbs is just going to continue to ride with this team, with this, with this, sorry, this first team, he better hope they start gelling soon. They need to find that balance. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get back from break. Be right back. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841 ERJC. 6A2841 ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. All right. Um, so just just to conclude everything really quick, I mean, like I said, if Thibodeau is going to continue to ride with this first unit, he better damn well hope they, they gel very soon. Um, what are we, 9 and 8? Let me do the math real quick on my phone because I have, I have a... What do you call it? I have a mandate for this team to get it together. So 9 and 8. So it's 17 games divided by 82. So we are 21% of the way through. So I said I'm giving them to the quarter mark of the season. 25% of the way through. So that's about 3 or 4 more games, I'd say. Maybe less. 
So very soon. It's going to be the, the, the quarter mark of the year. They have to find it by then. So these and, and the schedule's not easy, guys. You know, I think we have L.A., the Lakers coming up on Tuesday. Might be without LeBron because he'll probably be suspended after his little uh, bitch fit tonight. Um, but um, th- we have a tough, you know, seven or eight games ahead in a row. Um, so if we if we don't find it during this stretch, after this stretch, if we're still struggling, and I don't give a shit how tough these teams are going to be, we have to find it. If we if we think we're legit, we have to find a way to be to, to pick up some wins here. And if we're not, if we're still not gelling, right? And even if we don't win all these games, if the offense still looks like dog shit, which it has so far after this stretch of seven or eight games. And we haven't changed the, 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 we haven't made any kind of adjustments. I'm kind of giving up hope. And I'm, I'm going to talk about how we might have to blow, blow some things up. We might have to blow it up. If it's still not working and we're still not making any adjustments and we're still riding with the same old BS, something's going to have to happen. Because it's just so upsetting to see these lineups go out there and it's just the same dull starting unit getting off these bad starts. Tonight, Obi Toppin had 10 points. He was 3 for 5. He hit 2 more triples on 3 attempts. He had 6 rebounds. He swatted 2 blocks. And he earned just 13 minutes from that. I know Randall was gone, but again, we had we had so much room for Obi because Noel was in foul trouble and we didn't have either Taj or Mitch. 10 points, 13 minutes, doesn't play. And I understand Obi's defense is a work in progress. His rotations tonight were pretty poor. There was that Lonzo three-pointer from the corner in the end of this game, and then I think a possession later, was it Levine or, or maybe Kobe White in the other corner? I get it. He got lost on a few plays. He didn't close out hard enough. Sure. But his offense is there this year. It adds such a new dynamic to what we don't have. And it's he's been a positive impact player when he's on the floor. I'm pretty sure his plus minus is pretty damn good. It's actually probably better than Randall's. Um, but you know, he doesn't, he continues to not get minutes. IQ's been getting more run lately. So he's starting to gain some more trust, trust, which is good. He's in closing lineups now, but Derek Rose tonight over Kemba Walker. I would have just left Kemba in after his third quarter and Rose has been absolutely atrocious lately, but he still gets the minutes late tonight and just leaving these starters out there, not mixing it up. Especially between you know the wings, the three wings who aren't getting it done, we need to do something, and we're not. So, I don't know. I want to know what we practice. Do we just practice defense? Do we not run any kind of half court offensive set in practice? Do we not practice anything in the playbook? I don't know. I don't know. We need to find our identity soon, right? We got all these guys to be a better offense, but we're not. If we're going to be this defense, we got to step it up. We got to step it up defensively even more. We've been better lately, but we have to be known. If we want to be a team that can make that top four again, we can't just be better defensively of late. We have to be a great defensive team if our offense is going to continue to sputter. And right now, we're not a great defensive team. We seem to be improving, but again, we need to be great if we want to be, you know, be what we were last season. RJ, his defense tonight was very good. He's a solid one-on-one defender. Pretty poor help defender. 
And we find that with a lot of these guys. Randall's help defense is obviously atrocious. Um, Fournier is not Reggie Bullock, not close. You know, Bullock's quarterbacking of the defense is something we miss a lot. Um, Kemba is, is cheeks defensively, right? He's too small. Guys blow by him. They over they they muscle him. We have to hide him. We have to find a way to hide him. You know, stop switching him out to these tougher opponents. We do a whole lot of switching. It's it's we're gonna have to find something. You know, either Fournier, Walker, and Barrett, at least two of those guys have to start hitting their shots again. And this offense maybe starts clicking and we can live with the defense that's taking a step back. Or the defense has to continue to improve and get back to that top five, top four defense that they were last season. Something. We have to find an identity. What are the New York Knicks this year? What what, what do teams look at when they see the Knicks? What do opponents study? What's going to be on the scouting report at the top of the page? Right Last year it was the defense. What's it going to be this year? We have to find it. Find that balance between utilizing the players you're bringing in, utilizing their skill sets, and at the same time trying to fit them into this philosophy. So, that's my take tonight, guys. That's all I have. Um, Let's get to the NYYNYK question of the day, and we'll wrap it up right from there, okay? So, last time out, um, our NYYNYK question of the day, I asked you about Latrell Sprewell. And I said, who did? Who were the three players the Knicks traded to get Latrell Sprewell in 99 from the Warriors? The answer to that question, John Starks, Chris Mills, and Terry Cummings. So if you got that correct, congratulations. Um, but tonight's NYY, NYK question of the day for episode 285 is... Hall of Famer Bill Bradley played his entire NBA career with the Knicks from 1967 to 1977. But in which year did Bill Bradley make the All-Star team? Alright, so one last time, Hall of Famer Bill Bradley played his entire NBA career with the Knicks from 67 to 77. In which year did he make the All-Star team? So let me know the answer whether that be on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I'm sorry, I'm not on Twitter anymore. Facebook or Instagram, in my DMs, or maybe in the comment section once I publish the promo and link to this podcast episode. Guys, that's all I've got. I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping by. I am your host, RJ Carbone. This has been episode 285 of the podcast BD4. No better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor, the best way to make a podcast. It's podcasting made easy. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to begin your own podcast.